My name is Tommaso, your first-year student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help me survive my first year as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first-year stories during our conversations. In 2017, UConn established the Peter J. Wirth Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, which serves as an inclusive, interdisciplinary hub for increasing students' entrepreneurial mindsets and provides a pathway to impactful opportunities. Today, we are welcoming our guest speaker, Kathy Rocha, who is currently the Assistant Director at the Wirth Institute. She also leads the Evaluation Board for the UConn Innovation Fund, which is a fund dedicated to investing in startups. Starting a business can be hard, but Kathy has dedicated time to help mentor UConn students who wish to pursue entrepreneurship in all its forms. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kathy. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners, name, major, pronouns, hometown, and your favorite recipe to make during these winter months? Oh, you already have given me a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get started. So I'm Kathy Rocha. I am currently the assistant director uh, of the Worth Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation here at uh, UConn. Um, my major, I guess I uh, was a poli-sci major. I also have an MBA. Um, and uh, I know there's one other bit in here, but as far as my favorite recipe, given that we just moved, I'm kind of uh, out of practice, but I guess that uh, perhaps paella might be a nice winter uh, dish. Delicious. Nice. So let's dive right in. Okay. Um, you majored in political science, like you just mentioned, for your undergraduate degree. What interested you about that topic? And how did your political science degree inform your decision to pursue a master's degree in business administration, if it even did at all? Yeah, so great question. So um, back in the day when I uh, was enrolled in poli-sci, my motivation was that I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And like a lot of students, you think you want to be one thing. And then when you get out of school, you, you decide you want to be something totally different. So at the time, I was told that a poli-sci degree was probably the best degree to have as a, a catalyst for going on to law school. So I did that. A um, couple of mistakes there. One is you can be any major and go on to law school. So I didn't realize that. So that was one, one error. But the other is when I graduated, I realized that I really wasn't interested in law and wanted to go out and just pursue the business world. And it was being in the business world for a couple of years that I realized that an MBA would be very uh, instrumental to me just in terms of understanding what goes on in business and being able to uh, rise up in the ranks. So that was what motivated me to get my MBA. And for your years in the business world, what experiences led you to that entrepreneurial world? Yeah, so that was an interesting twist and turn. So when I first started working with a poli-sci degree, I really didn't have any skills like a lot of students who have a BA degree. And so I got administrative type roles. Um, what I realized early on was I really enjoyed working. And I decided that if I was going to spend a lot of time working, which I figured I would, I wanted to do something meaningful. In fact, my goal was to work in an industry that had the potential to change the world. And that sounds crazy and sounds lofty, but that's actually what I wanted to do. And um, I did a lot of research. And it turns out that at the time, they were just starting to talk about building the Internet. Uh, it didn't exist, and I decided that that did have the potential to change the world, so I pursued a career in high tech, and then from there, the history tells the tale. So right. uh, that's how I got into that um, particular field. Um, I was in that for um, a long time. Uh, I rose up the ranks. Um, I am probably one of the only 
uh, leaders of an organization who leads uh, large engineering teams without a technical degree. So you don't need a technical degree to lead engineers. Um, I became general manager and vice president of large um, divisions of large companies. And um, after doing that for quite a while, I decided that uh, it was time to change, do something different. I exited the uh, industry, didn't know what to do next. Uh, through an acquaintance, I became an angel investor, got involved in an entrepreneurship uh, community in Boston. That led to a connection in Connecticut and Yukon entrepreneurship. And there you go. Right. Wow. It seems like it was all, all leading up to that. And I still think that your goal of trying to be in a field of changing the world is definitely true. That's where I'm sure that's what the special part of entrepreneurship is. Yes, um, exactly. Mm -hmm. So going back to your college experience, what was your first year as undergrad um, at Providence College in Rhode Island like? Uh, so it was uh, uh, very different in that I was part of the second class of female students. So it was largely a male um, uh, uh, university. And so that had its own uniqueness. I mean, if you can imagine, we had our own dorm. Um, guys weren't allowed to go into the dorm. If a guy wanted to visit, they had to go and, and <laughs> sign in. And it's really um, crazy. But it was a small uh, liberal arts, mostly college. Uh, and it was a wonderful experience. I uh, developed a lot of friendships, uh, pursued a lot of things. Um, I think looking back, um, I would have tried to take advantage of more diverse programs if I were, if, if I could, because that would give me better um, uh, context, if you will, for what's available in the world at large. So right. that's thinking back, that would be something that I would um, want to do differently. Other than that, it, it was great. It's a like, great a, like a larger foundation to have. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that, by the way, is something that really impresses me at UConn as I come across so many students that are just exploring things that are really out of their wheelhouse. They're just something they've never done before. There's nothing to lose by doing it. It's risk free. You just go do it. If you like exactly. it, or you don't like it, you just don't do it again. So uh, I'm very impressed with the UConn students in that regard. And I think UConn does a really great job of encouraging students to do that, especially being a research institute and wanting to always try new things and experiment with new programs. The students are right on that ship saying, yes, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And was there anybody um, that influenced your college experience the most? Any person in particular? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, I think back about that and um, some of my poli-sci uh, professors were um, very profound in the way that they view the world and politics. Uh, it's funny, but I see that now playing out in today's world. And, and a lot of things that they said back then really resonate with what's happening now. So, you know, it took all of these years to go by and, and, and then it comes home. Come to, full circle. Really, yeah. So it really has relevance. And, and I think about my career and what I chose to do is so different than what I was studying that um, I didn't draw on a lot of that. And, and a lot of my mentors, for instance, they showed up in the work world. They didn't show up in the academic world. Again, I think that's a miss. I think that in academia, there's a lot of people that can serve as mentors and really help guide what's available to students. Right. Um, just something that, you know, again, today's world is a lot different than the world I was part of. Um, a lot of the things that um, are just second nature to you all really didn't exist at the time yeah 
Right. And it's a world you definitely helped build. Like you said, you wanted to pick industries that would shift our landscape and internet and computer networking was one of them. How would you describe your early experiences working in the computer networking industry? And how do you experience and compare to how students and young professionals you work with with describe the field now? Obviously, the landscape has shifted immensely, um, but are there anything that's the same? Yeah, well, so you think about it, right? And back then it was like we were talking about maybe connecting computers to one another in a local area network, let alone around the world. So that was the starting point. And to be part of the evolution of that and work with the leaders like Eric Benamou and others who created the internet um, was just um, a unbelievable experience. And um, one that, you know, I don't think many people have the opportunity to be part of. So um, it was a bunch of people that were really dedicated to making the impossible happen. It was a bunch of people that wanted to uh, work together, collaborate, um, learn, uh, make mistakes, grow. So it was really a leading edge group. And I, I can tell you, I am friends with so many colleagues that have gone off and started companies that came out of the initial, uh, you know, series, yes. if you will, of the internet. So it just um, it was just just phenomenal. So you know that was that, and and um, so now the industry is actually um, you know uh, a mature industry, and that's right. one of the reasons I left because I found it boring. I didn't want to do more of the same. Time to move on to something else. So when I think about today and the opportunities that are there, the the problems to be solved are different, but they're as big, if not bigger. And I think that students are more prepared to take part in that and have an impact in it. And, and one, one of the things that I see is I was the odd one out back in the day when I was saying, I want to change the world and that's right. what I'm going to go do. Today, I run across that every day. Every student I meet has some vision that they, they don't know exactly what they want to do, but they can see that they want to do something significant. And, and so in that regard, um, it's more pervasive today than before. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, students are better prepared today um, to take advantage of it. And so I, I think it's all good. Yeah. And college is definitely that place to help have those students nail what they want to change on their head you if you have that drive UConn is like the way to guide you to where you want to put that energy yes exactly so going back to the computer networking industry how did your experiences there help um, prepare you for your current work at the Worth Institute well so I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur in a large company I really didn't realize that and and why was I an entrepreneur because I had an entrepreneur mindset Mm-hmm. Right. So my mindset, you know, I was looking up today, you know, what, what do they say about it? And, and the characteristics are decisive, confidence, accountable, resilience, hum- humility, um, all of those things I demonstrated and didn't realize it. So how did it prepare me? I guess the odd thing is I was an entrepreneur back then. Right. You were now, already prepared. Now, right. And now here I am working with students who want to be an entrepreneur, whether it be um, use entrepreneur capabilities in a large company or use entrepreneur capabilities to start a company. The fact of the matter is I've been surrounded by that my entire life, which Mm -hmm. is why I really relate to the students and I really can 
um, can help them see what they're trying to do and help guide them to maybe potential paths they might want to take. Right. So it, it was, you know, serendipitous that it happened this way. And um, I never would have picked this as the path that would lead me to where I am today. But in a twisted sort of way, it was a phenomenal path to get me here. Yeah, and now all that work and experience has come to fruition in these student lives at the Worth Institute. Can you briefly describe the Worth Institute to listeners who might not know anything about it? I mean, if we were on campus, that was where we would normally be recording these episodes. But uh, give us a quick summary of what happens, what goes down at the Worth Institute. Yeah, so actually I'm going to give a little bit of historical context. So when I started at the university back in 2014, I came in um, to basically uh, run the Third Bridge Grant Program. Uh, it was uh, put together by Heidi Bezorgmanish, who was a, a leader of entrepreneurship in the School of Engineering. He got the grant from CT Next, and the grant was intended to help students um, commercialize their research. So a select number of students would take Heidi's class. They could apply for the grant. I was the one who led the board that administered the grant. Uh, it was a big um, awakening, awakening, if you will, for UConn to the opportunities that are available. And it started to open the door to all of the entrepreneurship stuff that's already going on at the university at the time. It was just never connected to, to each other. Right. So um, the uh, provost at the time, Moon Choi, Moon Choi, decided that he wanted to create a consortium for entrepreneurship. He created that. It was built by the School of Engineering, the School of Business. Um, I led that um, under guidance of Hadi and the School of Business. And um, that was really the catalyst to start to identify all of the different programs and resources available to students at UConn, put them under an umbrella so that they could navigate what was offered. Um, up until then, the students, if they were interested in entrepreneurship, they really didn't know where to go. They didn't know what, you know, what programs might uh, be available, et cetera. So the consortium was put in place. Uh, it was the foundation. It was the starting of pulling everything together. The breakthrough came um, when Peter Worth um, decided to um, gift uh, over $22 million to the university to create the Worth Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Um, that really solidified entrepreneurship at the university. Um, I will say that there's always been a strong foundation of programs and resources in entrepreneurship. They just didn't have uh, a branding, if you will, or right. an umbrella. A home. A home. There you go. Um, so they created the Institute, um, put David Noble uh, in as the director, who is just, um, I consider it a gift to work with him. He is just yeah. phenomenal, just phenomenal. And so I work with him. Uh, and a small team at the Institute. And basically what we do is we shepherd all the resources. We identify where there are um, gaps, if you will. We, we really help facilitate collaboration between the resources. And we are really a home for students to go to. If they've got an interest in entrepreneurship, we can help guide them. We've got programs for them as well. But most importantly, we're their window into everything available at UConn. Yeah. And there is a lot. So it's it's phenomenal. <laughs> I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So the year is currently 2021. What initiatives and opportunities are your top focus at the Worth Institute? Okay, so um, I will answer that in two ways. So one is 
a primary focus of the Institute is to make sure that students are aware of all the programs available outside of the Institute. So the so that in the school and the different schools and the different departments. Um, and so we really help connect the students to those programs. There are over 60 available to them at the university. The Worth Institute doesn't own the programs, but all of the programs are considered members of the Worth Institute. And as such, especially in this online world, we're trying to just connect as many students as we can to the programs which are still ongoing. They didn't go away. They're just different. They're online. So a big part of our job is to make sure that students are aware of these opportunities. As far as the Worth Institute itself goes, we've got a couple of programs that are our flagship programs. One is Networks. It's a new program that was put together in the last um, six months. And it's a mentoring program that connects students to recent grads of UConn, recent alums, and gives them the, the mentoring that will really help them figure out what do they need to do to prepare to go into the work world. Yeah. So a lot of times mentors have been in the work world for a long time and really don't have that recent college grad mindset and really don't have that experience to be able to share with students that will be coming out of the university soon. Sure. So that's one program that's underway, um, very successful. The alum are so excited to be involved and the students are really benefiting from their perspective and what they have to offer. The other main program that we have um, started in um, a couple of years ago, 2018, I believe, is the Worth Innovators. And Worth Innovators are a select number of students that are chosen each year, in particular, going from freshman to sophomore year, you apply for it. And an innovator is considered a um, ambassador for entrepreneurship. So they get access to uh, special resources. They get to hear um, uh, coffee chats with um, former alum that have started companies, many of them very successful companies. But we also expect them to be ambassadors going out, talking to other students because one of the things that we've discovered along the way, especially as we talk to entrepreneurship leaders in other universities, is that entrepreneurship is not a well understood word. People don't know what it means. Oftentimes students will interpret it as, oh, that means being a Mark Zuckerberg, which it doesn't mean at all. I mean, no. yes, Mark Zuckerberg is an entrepreneur, but that's just one type of person who is a successful entrepreneur. So. One of the things is really getting students to understand entrepreneurship applies to everyone. The entrepreneurial mindset is something that will help you regardless of what you decide to do going forward, whether it be start a company, go to a large company, be an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur in a medium-sized company. So we're looking to these worth innovators to help us get the message out and to help be that conduit to bring the students to us so we can push them out to the programs of relevance. Right, because the Institute has no use without the students using it. Well, so we are, the, so as David says, day in and day out, we live for the students. There mm -hmm. is no uh, discussion, no debate. This is our goal in life is to connect to students and help them understand how the entrepreneurial mindset and journey can help them achieve what they want to achieve in life. Right. And uh, living for the students and stuff, especially in this pande uh, pandemic, you mentioned it um, it's everything is still there. It's just shifted. How is the Worth Institute and uh, the innovators and networks, how are they reaching students who may not be on campus? 
Yeah, so um, different programs. So they participate in the different programs. They're reaching out to their own networks. So our innovators, they also belong to clubs. They also belong to other organizations. They're not just part of the Worth Institute. So they are basically any of their touch points. They're outgoing in and of themselves. So any of their touch points are part of their, um, you know, um, goal to connect them to the entrepreneurship uh, offerings at the university. Right. And since starting your work at the Worth Institute, what has been the most rewarding experience with a student or a group of students you've led? The most rewarding. Um, <laughs> or one of the most rewarding. One of the most rewarding. So I, I, I'm going to answer like, so first off, generally speaking, every interaction is fantastic. Whether I'm talking with students, a group of the students, or one-on-one, um, I am just so impressed with the um, mindset, the um, drive, the uh, intelligence. I mean, the students are just phenomenal. So I consider it my gift that I can even talk with them and 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 help them if only a little bit along the way. So just as a general rule, I mean, anytime I can talk to a student, that's like top of the list. I'm 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 there. Good good for it and yes. happy and happy to do it now. A specific example would be uh, one of our innovators uh, graduated last year. Um, She was one of the first group. She also was an intern for the Worth Institute. Um, She was phenomenal. She just did an incredible job. And and, uh, I mentored her along the way when she was at the university. And then she left and she went to a startup. And she, um, she encountered some positives and some negatives. Um, uh, she had some some tough experiences and she'd reach out to me periodically, can we chat? And so I'd listen to what she had to say and give her some suggestions, things to think about, questions she might want to you know, ponder, that kind of thing. I just shared with David an email that I got from her uh, over the holiday, actually just last week. And she said that, you know, she's taken the guidance that I've given her. And um, she actually just got uh, a raise, a significant raise. She is getting access to more equity. Um, She has been told that she's been wanting to move to product management. They have committed that they're going to do that to her within the next six months. She's told them that they've got some issues with their culture. They've asked her to work with them on improving the culture. Mm -hmm. So everything that was her issue and then the conversation is coming to be true and real. And so it's just quite great. Mm. And that's just evidence of your wisdom and and your push for these students. And like you said, you live for these students. Yeah, exactly. So would you care to share with our listeners a UConn entrepreneurial success story? Okay, a Yukon entrepreneurial success story. Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to uh, upset anyone who I don't pick. <laughs> so, so let's think about it. So um, so one that's actually close to me would be um, Christian Hyden with mm-hmm. um, uh, Levo International. So Christian uh, has been working on a company for a number of years, and it's to make hydroponic um, gardens. And uh, the um, focus of his business actually with the catalyst behind it is he's really passionate about Haiti and the poverty in Haiti and the fact that they've got very poor soil and and lack of water. And so their ability to grow um, produce is very limited. So he had the um, vision, he and his family actually had the vision to create a hydroponic garden that in a very small footprint 
without using soil and with very limited water, um, it would um, produce lots of food and produce for not just one family, but multiple families. Yeah. So that, that was the starting point of, of him. He may have even done a podcast. Who knows? Has he done a podcast? No, he doesn't. He hasn't, but, but he should but be on sure. here. Yeah. No, <laughs> that is amazing. Him, not to me. <laughs> so, um, so anyhow, so um, he has had the vision um, he has since, through many mentors at the university, mm -hmm. he's participated in many, many programs, and the company is really doing phenomenal. So, in fact, this past summer, I purchased through the, them a hydroponic garden in my backyard and uh, that I put in my backyard. Yeah. And the produce for the summer, and it was phenomenal. It's very innovative in the design. And um, he realized that people have a limit in space, so he's now just come out with a bucket uh smaller garden. version yeah um, yep a bucket version uh it's made out of reclaimed wood so it's very you know chic and it's mm -hmm. a design and um so he's starting to go down the path of learning what is it like to sell online and how do you create the masses Right. when there's a lot of products out there. And so he's now dealing with marketing issues and, and those types of things. But, you know, he would be an example of someone who came with an idea and really took advantage of all of the programs at the university, went from program to program to program, and has, as a result, really launched a, launched a company and is well under his way to doing great things. Yeah. And, and by it, the way, eventually wants to make sure that this turns into a give back to Haiti so that they benefit from what they've done. Of course, yeah. And it sounds like when students have that vision and stuff, the Worth Institute is right there behind them, guiding, guiding them to the success. Yeah, so the Worth Institute and our members, and I really have to be really clear about that because the Worth Institute, aside from the two programs I just talked about, Networks and the uh, Worth Innovators, we don't really own the programs, mm -hmm. but we are that we're that window into them. And gotcha. so the owners of the programs, they are fantastic. They are phenomenal. Um, and we see ourselves as helping to make a conduit to right. them. Yeah. And you mentioned your garden and, and we heard you've published a cookbook and are an avid chef. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I have always enjoyed cooking and it's uh, one of those things that, you know, you do it and then you do some more, you try some different things. Um, yeah. those. And um, so a number of years ago, I decided that um, I really wanted to create or compile um, the recipes for my son so he would have them. And um, as I did that, then pretty soon I realized that, you know, I had 300 pages of recipes. And I said, well, you know, I might as well just publish this. And so I published the cookbook and uh, I don't um, sell it. So I give it to, you know, friends and colleagues and things of that nature. So I think right now there's about, I think I've, I don't know, produced maybe 400 of them. So, and, and I keep coming up with new versions and, yeah. uh, you know, it's my my little thing and it's, it's great fun. Yeah. That's amazing. And so to close out, um, we have some signature questions that we ask all our guests. Um, we are all first at something, whether you're the first person in your family to go to college or something else. What do you feel like you've been the first at and how has that impacted your life experience or story? And so first at in general or within just, my family context in general? It doesn't have to be within your family context, just in general. I mean, you mentioned being one of the first um, women at Providence College, anything. 
Yeah, so um, so I guess what I'm I'm the most proud of is um, the first. I am one of the first females who have uh, led a significant high tech organization um, as a non engineer, and I'm very proud of uh, of that because it proves that uh, leadership is not discipline bound. Leadership is. Um, pervasive and can apply to anything. And I think that it really demonstrates what leadership can bring to any anyone in any situation. Yeah. Sure. And um, what is one piece of advice you would give to first year students like me about adjusting to college? Yeah, so um, one piece of advice, um, don't be afraid, embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, take uncertainty and turn it into uh, goodness. Um, go after it. Don't let anything stop you. All of the, all of those things you hear all the time that sound like, oh, just they're just saying it. I'm saying I mean do it. it. I'm saying do it. Yeah. Gotcha. And so now is the time when we ask our last question and we kind of turn the conversation around and I let you ask me a question. <laughs> okay. Well, first off, I'd like to commend you on your job. You you did a phenomenal job. Thank uh, you. I think that you really are very talented at what you're doing. And uh, this has been a pleasure. So thank you for the opportunity. And so the question for you is, I again, I could ask you so many <laughs> questions, but let's, let's think about the um, online world. What have you found has been a help to you in the environment that we're in. So lots of challenges, not what you expected. So what would be the thing that you found has been helpful that might help another student? I think that, I mean, we all have that Zoom fatigue where we get our eyeballs feel like they're falling out of our head from staring at a computer. But I think one of the benefits is this face-to-face human connection that if we didn't have this technology and we were faced with a pandemic, we wouldn't have and we truly would feel more alone so i think um like my my sister is a high school student and she is all online this um this year she is not going to school and stuff but mm-hmm. she's on facetime and zoom with her friends every night being able to talk to them and catch up and chat watch movies so i think that is one of the benefits of this online culture even though it does create some strain i think the silver lining is is that it fosters a really great sense of talking and connection. Whereas if we were in person, we might be staring at our phones and not really being together. So can I follow? Do, do you yeah, mind? Keep going, follow? keep going, yeah. Okay, so so um, I teach a, one credit course called Developing Your Entrepreneurial Skills that it's a, a FYE course. And um, it's got a limit to 19 students. And about half of them will just show their picture and half of them will be online, even though I've requested, please show your face, you know, we'll get to, we'll get to know you and things like that. So what would you say to the students that aren't showing their video? What, how, how could help me encourage them to want to, to show their face because it's so important? Well, personally, I, I thrive off that human interaction and that's why I have my camera on. And I also feel like the professors and the instructors are are trying their best to create the same education you would be getting for in person. Mm-hmm. And I think that having your cameras on and letting them see your face, like, like it's not a one-way street. It's not just you learning. They're also constantly receiving feedback and, and understanding how they're doing as professors from those students. And I, 
think that's an important reason to have your cameras on in these Zooms. Yeah, okay. All right, that's good. So next time when they don't have their camera on, I'm going to say, you told them to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can quote me. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to this. It's been a pleasure for me to have you on this podcast. Uh, and thank you to everyone who's listening. And as always, peace out, Huskies. My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConnFYP.